uh, we're going to go to several portions of scripture this morning, and uh, I want you to, uh, well, I changed them this morning, so let me, there's four different places in, in the Bible that deals with what we're going to be dealing with this morning, so I changed the, the text, so uh, let me find it, and I'll tell you where to turn. Uh, go with me to Second Samuel chapter 7 this morning, Second Samuel chapter number 7. And then Second Chronicles chapter number six. Uh, they'll they'll come in that order. Second Samuel, uh, and then First and Second Kings, and then First and Second Chronicles. Uh, so Second Samuel chapter seven this morning, uh, and Second Chronicles chapter number six. And uh, I want to read uh, a few verses to you to lay a foundation of the thought uh, that's in my heart this morning, something the Lord showed me this week, and uh, I, I'll, I'll do the best that I can to give it to you uh, as quickly as I can. I'm a little loud up here uh, on my monitors. Don't take too much away, just a little bit. Um, but uh, I bless the Lord. He's been good to us. Uh, today is a very special day to me. Uh, today is... Uh, 18 years uh, ago, I married my wife. Isn't that a blessing? 18 years ago. And I know it's especially a special day to her as well, because 18 years ago, she got to marry me. And uh, what a privilege, what a blessing. It's, it's, it's wonderful, um, and I'm grateful for it, and grateful for her. This would have been a lot different. Uh, without the wife that I have, and I am grateful. Uh, there's a lot of lot of good men that married some iffy women. There's a lot of good women married some iffy men. And uh, I, I, whatever I am would have been uh, would have been so less uh, had God not given me a good wife. And uh, if you're a wife, do the best you can to be the best wife you can be. And if you're a husband, do the best you can to be the best husband you can be. To bring the best out of your wife and wives to bring the best out of your husband. And I've got one, and I mean that, has always brought the best, the finest out of me. And I'm grateful uh, for that. I'm grateful to her, and I'm grateful to the Lord. Uh, for our Second Samuel chapter 7, let's stand uh, this morning, Second Samuel chapter 7. And verse number one. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house. This is David. Um, uh, people I've read behind say that David is, and I've not really researched it myself. I'm just going to trust them on this one. That David's not quite yet 40 yet. Um, when, when, when he sits down in his, in his house that God has given him. Uh, he's at a moment of rest. His, his life is not going to be restful. He's going to fight battles his whole life. But in this moment, David sits down in his house, and the Bible said, And the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. And one thing I know about the Christian life is there will be many battles. But aren't you glad this morning that the Lord knows how to give you rest and when to give you rest? And the Lord did that for David. 
And the Bible said that the king said, or let me, let's go back and read it again so it flows. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. What David was saying is, as he looked around in his house of precious lumber, cedar, and said, look what God has done for me. Here I am resting, here I am in this house built of cedar. And yet God's presence is still, God's temple is still unbuilt. God's still meeting with man in a tabernacle made of tents. He said, now how unfair is that that I have this and that God has no house. He said, I'm going to build a temple. And Nathan said, that's a great thing to desire. To do something for God. What, what David was saying is what so many of us have said. I want my life to count for God. I want to yeah. do something that pleases the Lord. It was not a pride issue. It was not a prestige issue. David began to dream in his heart. I want to do something for the Lord. Nathan said, I think it's a great idea to build the temple. And it came to pass, verse 4, that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? In, uh, in 1 Chronicles 17, he doesn't, answer, he doesn't say it in a question. He says, Thou shalt not build for me a house to dwell in. He does even here in 2 Samuel 7, by the time he's done talking through Nathan to David, he tells David, I, I, I know what you want to do, but I'm not going to let you build me a house. Not going to happen. That dream that's in your heart is not going to happen, David. That desire in your life, it's not going to happen. I want you to flip over with me to, uh, to uh, well, let's see, Second Chronicles chapter number 6 this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 6. What we read in Second Samuel 7, you can find it in First Chronicles 17, the same story. David sits in his house of rest for that span of time. That rest would be short-lived. And David says... I want to build God a house. I want to do something big for God. God answers in both of those, you can't do that, David. I'm not going to let you build me a house. And then we come to 2 Chronicles chapter number 6, and we find it's also in 1 Kings chapter number 8, you'll find the same story. 2 Chronicles chapter 6 David is dead now. Solomon is king and he has just completed the building of the temple. What a magnificent, and you ought to go read how wonderful it was, how magnificent this building was. One thing that stuck out to me is when Solomon built the temple, he wouldn't let hammers or saws come into the temple, so everything was built on the outside, and when they brought it in, they, they made everything to fit 
like a puzzle, everything fit together so that never a hammer or a saw came in. And it was inlaid with gold all about. And a magnificent sight would have been Solomon's temple. David wanted to build it, couldn't build it. David dreamt of building it, but couldn't build it. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, the Bible said, Then said Solomon the Lord, hath said that he would dwell in thick darkness. Solomon's getting ready to dedicate this temple to the Lord. He said, But I have built a house of habitation for thee, and a place for thy dwelling forever. And the king turned his face and blessed the whole congregation of Israel. And all the congregation of Israel stood, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spake, with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city among all the tribes of Israel to build a house in, that my name might be there. Neither chose I any man to be ruler over my people in Israel, or my people Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name might be there, and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now, Verse 7, Solomon speaking, It was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to David my father, For as much as it was in thine heart to build a house for my name, watch this, thou didst well that it was in thine heart. Notwithstanding thou shalt not build the house, but thy son which shall come forth out of thy loins he shall build the house for my name. The Lord therefore hath performed his word that is spoken. For I am risen up in the room of David my father, and I am set on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and have built the house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. That was a little bit of reading, but I wanted you to see the story. Let's pray. Lord, we, we come before you this morning and Lord, we thank you this morning for the kindness and the goodness of the Lord in our lives. God, we thank you this morning for the church. Lord, for these that are gathered here, we thank you for the word. And I pray, God, you'd touch me, Lord. I, I still don't feel well. I pray, God, you'd give me strength. I pray you'd touch my voice and my mind and my heart. Lord, we thank you for the word of God this morning. Meet with us around it in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. I, I want to preach this morning on David's finest failure. David's finest failure. We've read to you uh, the, the text where the dream began in David's heart. I want to build a temple to the Lord. I want to build him a house. All these years of Israel's existence, they've dwelt in a tabernacle uh, uh, of curtains or God's Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God has dwelt in a tabernacle of curtains. And I want to build him a house. I want to do something for God. What a noble dream that is that anyone would have that I want to do something for God. How many of you in here this morning have in your heart a desire I want to do something that pleases the Lord. He's been so good to me, and I want to, I want to please him. And David had that dream in his heart. I, I want to do this. I, I think I can do this, and I, I want to do this to honor God and to please God. And yet David never saw 
this come to pass. David never uh, experienced this in his life. We come to Second Chronicles 6 and the temple has been built. It is completed. Uh, David's dream is a reality and yet he is not there to see it. But I found something interesting in Second Chronicles 6 and verse 8 that God on the pages of Scripture commends David. On the pages of eternal word of God, God recognizes David in the building of this temple. And God says about David that it was in thine heart thou didst well, or that thou didst well rather, that it was in thine heart. God said, David, I want to recognize you though you're dead. I want to recognize you before all of Israel. I want to recognize you before all of those who would read the word of God that you did well, that it was in thine heart. God commended David for that that he could not do, for that that he did not do, for that that he would never do. And yet God said, you did good, David. Now, that's interesting to me. That God would recognize David for that that he never did. For that that he never could. And for that that he never would. And yet God said, good job David, I'm proud of you. That was David's failure in life, not being able to build the temple. And yet we find that it stands out in the word of God as David's finest failure. I can't think of anything greater that David could have ever accomplished than the building of the temple to the Lord. I can't think of anything greater in David's life that he could have accomplished except that that he did not accomplish. God said, David, it was good. You did well that it was in thine heart. Uh, we, If we this morning were passing out recognition, to David, I think we would say something like this, David, uh, if we were God, David, you were a wonderful son. Good job. Because we find that about David when we study his life. David was a wonderful son. He was obedient to his father. He was content to do that, that his father had asked him to do. He obeyed the authority of his father and no doubt in the end of his life it could be said, one thing you can say about David is David was a wonderful son. He was an obedient son. You can say about David that he was an anointed shepherd. That he uh, had, uh, the, uh, the Samuel had poured the, the oil uh, of the anointing uh, onto David and yet David went out as a shepherd and he took care of his father's sheep. And you can say David is an anointed Shepherd. You could also say about David, you could commend him and say that David is a lion and a bear slayer. These are accomplishments. And I'd say they're pretty good accomplishments. If, if, if it's said of you at the end of your life, man, they were a good son. I mean, that's an accomplishment because not everybody can that be said of. If it's said of you, they were anointed in that that God had called them to do and they did a good job at it. What, what a commendation. Wouldn't you want to hear the Lord say, well done, David, well done. You did the job that I gave you well. What a commendation. I don't know what you are this morning. Uh, I'm sure you wear many hats. But what if God said you did a good job as a mother? You did a good job as a father, as a son, 
you did a good job. As a daughter, you did well. As a church member, I, I want to commend you. You did well. All of these would fit the description of David. David, the giant killer. David, the wonderful musician. David, the beautiful psalmist. David, the mighty soldier. David, the king of Israel. All of these are accomplishments in the life of David. We consider people and we consider success. We look at what they have. We look at what they know. We look at what they've done. We look at the things that they've done well and we say, I would like to be like them. Look at what they've accomplished. Look at what they've done. They had this much time in life and they made this much money. They built this much fame. They did this much for God. And yet God looks at David and he says, you know that one thing that you wanted to do and you never did it? Good job. <laughs> I don't know if y'all see that. Uh, that one thing that you really failed at. And we know why I failed and we'll maybe come, time, uh, come back another time and preach it to you this morning because God told him, no, I'm not going to let you. Maybe it would be another message to preach on when God tells you no, how you respond to God's no. But David, you failed in that dream you had. I mean, it was a big dream. It was a mighty dream. It was, uh, I mean, it was a noble dream. Uh, it was good that you dreamed it, but you didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. But I want to tell you, I'm proud of you for wanting to accomplish it in your heart. Uh, failure. And I'm not talking about failure in the sense of sin. David had some failures in the sense of sin. I'm talking about noble failures. I'm talking about striking out to do something and never getting it done. I'm talking about dreaming and desiring and hoping and, 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 and all of us. I, I think it would be said that when you come to the end of your days, you can look back over your life and say, man, I enjoyed this and this and I'm glad for this and this and this. But I think in the heart of every individual as they survey their life, there'll be some things that said, I tried, but I could not do that. I won't that but I could not see that I did the best that I could but I could not attain to that and do you know why that is well, I'll tell you one good reason why it's because Jesus is the only one that could look over his life and say it is finished all of us are going to leave stuff undone you're going to leave stuff undone most of the time we are haunted by that that we could not do, that that we wanted to do. And most of those things, especially those of you that want to serve God, you'd say, I, I, I want to be this and I want to do this and I want to go here. And so many times God lets us do those things. But what about those areas where we did the best we could and failed? Are y'all hearing me this morning? That was David's finest failure. He had never failed in any greater matter than building a temple to the Lord. Uh, I, I, I want to, well, let me say this. David hoped and dreamed and desired to do something big for God, but couldn't. We call that failure. God said, well, David, thou hast well done well that it was in thine heart. 
I want to say to you this morning that uh, and I want you to find comfort. I want you to rejoice. I want you to thank God that, 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 uh, uh, that God uh, uh, does not view our failure like we do. Let me show you this morning three things about this story. Uh, three things about David's finest failure. And maybe you'll see them in your finest failures. Number one, I would say to you that God knows what you would have done. And that's why he can say to David, David, you did well that it was in that heart. Because God knows what David would have done. <laughs> he knows. It was in his heart. And say, I can't see into your heart and you can't see into my heart. But God can. And he looked into the heart of David and he said, David, as David dreamt up this and, and, and began to want it to come to pass and began to prepare for it to come to pass and desired it all. And you know the desire was always there. Though God gave him a big fat no, you can't build it. The desire never left David's heart. I want to do this for my God. He's been so good to me and I want to please him in this matter. And God said no, but the desire was there, the dream. You, you can't silence that dream. It was there. And yet God could look at David and say, David, I, I'm going to commend you. I'm going to recognize you. I'm going to call this success because I know what you would have done if you could have. Are you all hearing me this morning? And when I realized that, when I saw that, when the Holy Ghost breathed that into my heart, I nearly wept and shouted at the same time that God does not judge us just based on that that we do, but that that we would do if we had the ability to do it because God knows what's in your heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. He knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We use that so many times and say, even if you hide your sin, God knows. And that's right. God knows the sin in your heart. But so often we forget the other side of that. God knows the service in your heart. God knows the praise in your heart. God knows the fellowship in your heart. God knows the dreams that He's put in your heart to serve Him. And you may live and see many of them come to pass, but there may be some. You leave this world and say, I wanted to do that for God. But I couldn't. But God knows what you would have done if you could have. He, 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 first, the three things about that. He knew what was in David's heart. God knows what you would have done because he knows what's in your heart. Uh, I, I, I want to read a verse to you. Deuteronomy chapter 12. David, no doubt, would have been familiar with this. As a, as a Hebrew boy, as a student of the Word of God, Hebrews 12, verse number uh, 10. You don't have to turn there unless you want. But God's given commandment to Israel in their early days, having, uh, having come out of Egypt and, and coming into Canaan and, and through Moses. And God gives command and He says in chapter 12, verse 10, But when you go over Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God giveth you to inherit, and watch this. And when he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about so that you dwell in safety, then there shall be a place 
which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there, thither shall you bring all that I command you. You say, preacher, what does that verse have to do with, with anything in David's life? What does that verse have to do with anything that we've read about? Well, we read in 2 Samuel that David is at rest. And he's in Israel. And he sits down and the battles are over seemingly for a while. And he sits down uh, and he looks at all that God has done. And no doubt that Old Testament scripture comes back to his heart. That when you are at rest, when the wars are over, when the battles are done, I'm going to give you a place that you can call your place. A place where you can worship God. I'm going to give you, and it was from the word of God that there was a desire birthed in David's heart. I want to build a a temple to God. Sitting in church. The Holy Ghost of God will speak to you and breathe something into you. Reading your Bible in the morning, the Spirit of God will breathe something into your heart and it will cause you to dream. It will cause you to to desire something for God. And God could see that in his heart. 2 Samuel 7, David is at rest and he knows. God knows what David's got going on in his heart. And here's what I know about what happens in your heart. It'll go from your heart to your head. And God can not only see what's in David's heart, but God can see what's in David's head. How many of you this morning, you don't have to raise your hand, but in some way or another, you're a dreamer. And what I mean by that is, when you get something in your mind, you can see it before it ever comes to pass. You get something in your mind, you can, you can, I mean, you can uh, look at it. And it's not even reality. My wife tells me often that I'm a dreamer. I, I, I get something in my mind and, 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 and I can look at it and I can see it. I can envision it. Yesterday I was walking on, on a part of our land that we've not fenced in yet. And I'd walked it off and I was counting fence posts and getting ready to, to do some work towards it. And I, and, I, and I was looking and none of it's there. The woods aren't even cleared out where I'll put the fence. And, and, and the fence lines are not set. And, and, and yet I, I stood there in the front yard and I saw every single bit of it. And that comes from a desire in my heart. But it quickly comes to my head. I've walked on this property at Crossroads Baptist Church so many times and there are things that we are looking at today that I did not see, that I did not see the moment it came to pass, but I saw it years before it ever got here. Dreams. It started in a heart that came to a head and that one day hopefully will come to a reality. Some have. There are things that I have seen. When we put that parking lot right there in the front, I second-guessed myself, I questioned myself, but I saw it in my mind just as well as it is there. I knew what it would look like. I knew what I wanted it to be. And, and, And I saw it before I ever saw it. That building down there, I saw it before I ever saw it. There's so much that I have seen on this property. There's so much that I've seen in your lives and in this place and in my family and in our lives. And thank God for that that's in your heart. Thank God for that that is in your head. 
And God could see what was not only in David's heart, but what was in David's head. God saw David's floor plans. God saw David's printouts. God saw David's design. God, and I don't know if it come from God to David uh, or if it come from David and God said, we're going to honor David and do it. How God, and I think I know how that worked out. It was in the heart of God, uh, went over in the heart of David, uh, and, and David was thinking about what God was thinking about. Are y'all hearing me this morning? So many of you young preachers sitting in here and you've seen your life and you've seen your ministry. So many of you uh, Sunday school teachers, you've seen what you want. You've seen what you've desired. So many fathers and mothers and, and so many Christians in here, you've seen what you want and you say, preacher, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried and I still don't have that thing that I want to do for God. I'm not able to do it. I've tried to do it. I want you to know God sees your heart and God sees your head. Well, that'd be a good place to amen. God knows what you would have done. And you might get to do it. But God's not going to judge that based on whether you ever get to, but rather on would you if you could have. And a lot of folks want to sit around and criticize what other people are doing uh, and they've never desired to do anything. And there are folks that they've desired to do something and never been able to make it happen. And yet God has the ability to look into your heart and say, I know it didn't work out, but if it could have, it would have, and so good job. Does that make sense to anybody or I need to move on? God knew what was in his heart. God knew what was in his head. I'll tell you this. God knew what was in his hands. David was willing, but God wasn't. And that's why David didn't have guilty. And the reason why is because God said no. But sometimes what's in your heart, you don't have in your hands. I would do that, but I can't. And one day God may put it in your hands. But if he don't, you may never be able to do that. But God can look at your life and say, Thou didst well. Well, how did I do well, God? I didn't do it. <laughs> and God can say, Because I know what you would have done. Are y'all hearing me? I didn't, I didn't do that, Lord. I know. Because... It wasn't in your hands. I didn't let you. But I know you would have if you could have. Um, <laughs> it's in your heart. <clears throat> God knows what David would have done if he could have. Aren't you glad this morning he knows what you would do if you could? Here's the second thing this morning. Not only do we find comfort in our finest failures. God knows what you would do if you could. But secondly, God knows what you are doing. Number one, God knows what you would have done. Number two, God knows what you are doing. He knows what you're doing. Uh, and that is what you can. You can't do what you can't do, but you can do what you can. 
God come to David and, and David come to God and said, I want to build a temple. And God returned to David and said, I'm not going to let you. And we find out later on in Scripture that the reason is David sits down with Solomon and he tells Solomon, God wouldn't let me build a house because I'm a man of war. And there's not going to be a house of peace in the middle of a, of a world of war. And so I, I thought I was at rest, but I wasn't. There was wars behind me, but there were wars in front of me, and I was not the man for the job. God wouldn't let me. But here's what David did do. He fought every one of them battles. And Solomon never could have reigned in peace had David not fought the battles. And David never got the recognition from Israel for building the house. David, it was not called David's temple. It was called Solomon's temple. Yet the dream was birthed in the heart of David. David never beheld it with his eyes in this physical world. David never saw it in this life. And yet David had a part in the, uh, in the building of the temple because he fought the battles that Solomon would not have to. God could look at David and say, it was in thine heart thou didst well. Well, how did I do well? Because I know what you would have done. And because I know what you did do. You fought the battles. See, see, we like to look at people's lives and we're so critical. Are y'all hearing me this morning? We're so critical. And we don't see in someone's life success as we view it. And that may be viewed in so many different... And don't sit there and look at the church like, yeah, they're so critical. I said we're so critical. I mean you are so critical. Well, that's not how I would have done it. And they didn't do it the way that I think that it should have been done. And I don't think that that's pleasing to God. David didn't please God in building that temple. Solomon did. Who's the better king? It must have been Solomon because Solomon was the peace king and all David ever did was fight. Solomon built the temple, but God wouldn't let Solomon or David build the temple. But I'm going to tell you something. That God wanted that temple to be built and he used one man to fight the battles and he used another man to live in peace and it took both of them to have what God said he wanted had. You can't, you can't judge that over Solomon or David. I'll tell you what he was doing. He was fighting all them battles in his youth, in his middle age, in his old age. All David ever did was fight battles because God was going to raise up another son underneath David named Solomon. And Solomon was going to set in peace and Solomon was going to live in a land where there were no more wars because his father had fought some battles. And I'm going to tell you, God may have put some dreams in your heart. God may have put some desires in your life and you say, Preacher, I've not seen them come to pass. I don't know why. I'll tell you what you ought to do. Keep doing what you're doing. And God knows how to work all that out. hearing me. David was fighting battles. Look with me. First Chronicles chapter 22 this morning. We're close to there anyways. First Chronicles chapter 22. David is older now and he's, he's, he's getting ready to leave this world. Verse 1. 
Then said David, This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. And David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel. And he set masons, and he wrought stones to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails, for the doors of the gates, and for the joinings, and the brass in abundance without weight. Also cedar trees in abundance for the Zidonians, and they of Tyre brought much cedar wood to David. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender. And the house that is to be built, it's not yet, but it will be. For the Lord must be exceeding magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparations for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. <laughs> Look in, look in 1 Chronicles 29. Oh, I love this. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. For I have, watch this, prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and the wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of divers colors and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I've set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good, of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. You can read on. David, you did good. I know you failed at it. You didn't do what you wanted to. But thou hast done well. Why? Because I know what you would have done. Number two, because I know what you did do. You fought all them battles, didn't you? So Solomon wouldn't have to. <laughs> and you were busy making preparations till the day you died. Laying up gold and silver and iron for nails and bringing in wood. Solomon didn't have to hardly do any of that. David did all of that. He said, God may not let me build it. God may not let me see it come to pass. But the next guy, when he gets here, it'll be easier on him. Because I'm not interested in building me a name. I'm not interested in building me a house. I'm not interested in building me fame and fortune. But I want to do something that pleases God. And I'll do it whether I ever get the recognition for it or not God said I know what you would do because of what you are doing if if you would teach two in your Sunday school class faithfully every week I bet the Lord knows that you would teach 20 or 40 if, if you would go down to the jail on your tired days, I bet the Lord knows you'd go preach a revival. Huh? If, if you would preach to five, you reckon the Lord knows that you'd preach to 500? 
if you would give when you had nothing. Well, so I would give if I had something. Did you, did you give when you had nothing? I would tithe if I had something. To would you? Did you tithe when you had nothing? God said, I know what you would do because I know what you're doing. I hope you are hearing me this morning. I would. Our Dave, God said, David, I, I know because of what you're doing. He was fighting battles. He was making preparations. He was training Solomon. David showed God what he would do because of what he was doing. Here's the last thing. I'll, I'll give them all to you one more time. God knows what you would have done if you could have. Number two, God knows what you are doing. Number three, God knows what he's doing. David's finest failure never came to pass. But God knew what he was doing. First Chronicles chapter 17 this morning. First Chronicles chapter 17. It's the same text where, where David desires in his heart. It's the same as 2 Samuel 7 where David desires in his heart to build. And God tells Nathan, I want you to tell David no. David is reminded by God of all that God's done for him in verse 10 of second or first chronicles 17 verse 10 and God says to David and since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel moreover I will subdue all thine enemies furthermore God talking to David I tell thee that the Lord will build thee an house and then he goes on into the covenant with David. David said, God, I, I want to build your house. And God said, David, that's a great thing you want to do. I appreciate it. But I tell you what, I'm not going to let you do it. But I tell you what I will do. I'll build you a house. And I'll establish your house in Jerusalem. And I'm going to bring a son out of your house. And his name's going to be Jesus. And he's going to come sit on the throne of David. And everybody who ever talks about Israel associates it with David. It still is associated with David. It's the throne of David. He's going to sit down on the throne of David. David said, God, I really want to build your house. And I tried. I wanted to. I wish I could have. And God said, David, look, I know what you would have done if you could have. David, it's all right. I know what you're doing. But David, it's all right. I know what I'm doing. And instead of you building me a house, how about I build you a house? Instead of you doing something for me, how about I do something for you? Instead of you honoring me, how about I honor you? Instead of you being good to me, I'll just be good to you. And I want you to know this morning that in your finest family, God knows what He's doing. God judged David not only in those great things that he had done, but by that greater thing that he could not do. Does that make sense? Have I just bored y'all to death? 
God judged David. And when I say that, I don't feel like y'all are giving me any inclinations that I am. I just want to make sure. God judged David, not by the great things he had done, but by the greater things he could not do. His finest failure was the high water mark of his life. What was the best thing that David ever did? Was it killing Goliath? Was it being king? I'd say the greatest thing David ever did was that that he never did. Building a temple. Because it was that that he would have. And he wanted to. But he couldn't. And you walk in these doors. And you feel defeated. Because you want to do something. And God hadn't let you. (laughs) You want to see it. Because you've already saw it in your mind. God hadn't let it come to pass. And he might, and if he does, rejoice. But if he don't, just know that God knows that you would have if you could have. Just know that God knows what you are doing. And just know that God knows what he's doing. I want you to come to the piano. You ever... You ever prayed something like this? God, I want to give you something big. Maybe you hadn't. I have. God, I've got a number in my heart. I want to give it to you, and I don't have it. I really don't have it. If you'll give it to me, I'll give every bit of it back to you. You ever prayed something like that? God, we've got a special offering coming up and I want to give $1,000 maybe. And I don't have it. But if you'll give it to me somehow, I'll give it to you. I mean it. And you failed. And you feel like a failure. God knows what was in your heart. You, you, ever, you ever fasted or t- tried to? <laughs> I've had a few fasts in my life and I appreciate the Lord for helping me but I've had more failed attempts than I've had successful attempts. And I did good one year and I thought, well, I got this whipped. I can do this from here on out and the next year I couldn't even get past day one. The Lord reminded me, you're not good without me. You ever tried to fast? Lord, I want to do this for you. I want to. And you failed and you knew it. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody hearing me this morning? I'm talking to me. And all that. Lord, I wanted to. I failed. <laughs> anybody ever decide I'm going to pray all night? I'm going to set up all night with God and pray. Yeah, anybody? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm going to sit up all night with God and pray. I want to spend time with the Lord. I want to know Him better. I want to live for Him, and I want to know Him, and I want to meet with Him. And 
before midnight struck, you was already asleep where you were trying to pray. You woke up. Oh, God, I failed. He must be upset with me. I didn't fast like I said I would. He must be upset with me. I didn't pray like I wanted to. He must be upset with me. I didn't give like I wanted to. He must be upset with me. I didn't. I wanted to win this many people this year, and I, I didn't win none of them. Failures. David, how this well that it was in thine heart. Oh, that's helping me this morning. But God, I failed. I know, but you wanted to do it. God, I messed up. I know, but you tried. You would have if you could have. I know what you did. And David, you don't know what I'm doing. Finest moment of David's life was his finest failure. A stand. Lord, you take the thought now and preach it to their hearts as you did mine. I pray you will. And I thank you for it. In Christ's name.